media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if it should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and I'm one of the hosts, and with me, he may be a Damonite in disguise. It's... It's Yehel. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, are you ready to explore... The census-shattering first issue of Wildcats, as they boldly proclaim on the cover that it's the first census-shattering issue. Hey, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful they warned me, because the last time, yeah. no one told me that my senses were going to be shattered, and they were, and it just took, it took weeks to get them back to normal. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it, man. That, <laughs> that Rob Liefeld... Uh, <laughs> What did it say I mean, on the cover of um, Young Blood? I don't even, I think it just said first sensational issue is what it said actually. Oh no, it it, it said um fuck anatomy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the uh the summer of um of image. I don't even think we uh, mentioned it on the uh, the last uh, spawn episode. Basically just means we're going to be covering uh image uh, comics and uh, media. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed yeah. our uh, Spawn and Youngblood review, and uh, now and we're covering like early, early uh, image. Oh uh, yes, the founding, the founding stuff, the only stuff that matters, the yeah. stuff that wasn't the, good but everyone remembers. Not really wasn't the, good, the, but the, you know the stuff with the pouches and chrome metal. Oh, you gotta have that chrome, and you gotta have those pouches. Uh, so, uh, hmm, Wildcats number one was this one that you picked up back in the day. Yep, I was very excited about this. I was a huge fan of Jim Lee's uh, run on X Men. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I don't know anybody who wasn't. Right. I think a lot of uh, X Men's rise to popularity can be credited to his art. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, he spawned a myriad of copycats, uh, which is fine by me. I mean, hey, you can definitely pick worse artists to copycat. Uh, but yeah, well, what about you? Did you uh, pick up uh, Jim Lee's Wildcats? Oh, absolutely I did. Um, I think it might have been one of the first image number ones I was able to get my hands on uh, because uh, I wasn't able to get a Youngblood number one. I had to start with like number three. Um, but for some reason there were plenty of Wildcats and uh, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. And of course before that I also read uh the regular you know x-men number one like you know the number one selling comic of all time um which it still mm -hmm. is over eight million copies sold uh so yeah i was already he might be i mean aside from rob liefeld he might be one of like the first uh artists that i was like oh that's a name that i know and would like actually you know seek out um whatever it is yeah. that he uh, he worked on i know he also worked on uh alpha flight for a minute there <laughs> you can't yep. can't leave out alpha flight um and uh one thing i noticed too when looking at the um uh the credits and i did remember this as a kid is that uh scott williams uh is the inker mm -hmm. and scott williams was his inker on x-men um mm -hmm. and joe rosa's the colorist i'm pretty sure he was also the colorist on x-men um, and X-Men at the time, I remember, had like some of the better coloring in, um, out of the Marvel books. There was a lot of gradients, and you didn't see a lot of that back then. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, he basically, Jim Lee, convinced... A lot of people don't talk about like some of the other like non-pencilers that came over um, with the image guys. So, yeah, he basically brought over like most of the X-Men team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean... Uh, in, in case you don't know, uh, you know Jim Lee is one of the founding fathers of, uh, and by you I mean the listener slash viewer. Jim Lee is one of the, <laughs> the founding fathers of uh, Image Comics, and I'm sure he talked to the rest of the X Men team, and he was like, "Boys, because that's how he talks. Boys, I'm going over here to form Image. You're either coming with me, or you're gonna stay here and flounder at Marvel like that no good uh, Stan Lee." <laughs> 
<laughs> God rest his soul. God rest wow. his soul. Uh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm sure they were more than uh, happy to um, ride his coattails all the way to image. Um, <laughs> but, you know, still very risky, you know. Sure. Um, and especially if you're not to diminish the job of an inker or a colorist, no. they're super important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they're obviously going to not be as well known. If you're a Jim Lee, a Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, if you go and form Image and it goes bust, you're going to be able to get a job at DC or Marvel later on. Like, right. You know, um, it's not going to be a problem for you. But, right. you know, if you're an inker, a colorist, you know, I maybe you'll get another job somewhere else. Maybe you won't. So get, uh, the ball's on these guys. They'll bust you down to uh, Dark Horse or Pacific Comics or First Comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you, you'll be coloring in uh, Jughead's hat for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well said. All right, let's, uh, you ready to dive uh, head or claws first into Wildcats number one? Uh, meow. Yes. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, Wildcats uh, number one. Um, it premiered August in 1992. Uh, this first volume of Wildcats ran 50 issues, and there are five volumes total of, uh, of Wildcats. And I have read the first three. Um, how about yourself? How deep did you go into uh, Wildcats? Um, I, like the other Image Comic books, I know I at least collected like through the first year, maybe mm-hmm. like regular, like every issue, maybe a little bit after that. But I think this is one of the first image books I dropped off of, to be honest. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But part of it was like, again, like a lot of the image books. And I know we've mentioned this numerous times. They didn't come out like monthly. Like right. they did. You know, they came out very sporadically, like they were always late. So you kind of like lost the. The, the appeal it loses a little bit of the appeal and stuff when you can't like read it regularly and then i'm like wait what happened in the last issue <laughs> can't remember you know it's been like right. three months and yeah so i it was more th- that was my big problem with image comics mm-hmm. um not, not the lack of coherence stories <laughs> <laughs> not the uh the, the failed attempts at anatomy by uh erstwhile rob liefeld it's the yeah. shipping their shipping service I- yeah, yeah. Although I will say, man, there's a couple like questionable bits of anatomy in this issue too. Ooh, I look forward uh, to uh, to seeing them, uh, which so, we will in just a moment. It's a '90s thing, though. It's it's a, it's definitely a '90s thing, which we'll we'll, we'll get. To. I mean, I've I always felt that. I mean, at least compared to uh, to our good pal Rob, that I mean, Jim Lee is. I mean, there's like no question in his like line work and drawings and rendering right. of, of anatomy for the most part. And it's always consistent. Like, you know, you're not looking yeah. like, how did you say that woman looked like? <laughs> oh, from, from Youngblood? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a character, uh, Shaft's girlfriend uh, in one panel. She looks like she... <laughs> Has fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> and then in another panel, <laughs> she doesn't. And then there's a different, it's supposed to be a different character, but then it looks just like her. Yeah, there's none of that in this. Yeah, Jim Ben Lee Rock's book. mom looks just like Shaft's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, it's really in weird. Young blood, yeah. Uh, but uh, in case, I assume you didn't read any of the other uh, volumes of uh, Wildcats. Um, as you're going to see here, like the writing um, is, you know, it's not, uh, you know, the most advanced thing ever. But if you wanted to uh, read a Wildcats that is taken into some pretty crazy directions, uh, Volume 2 and especially Volume 3 by Joe Casey is uh, pretty awesome, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, so uh, um, in case anyone else is in, if, you, if you're just thirsty for more Wildcats content provided by Hell and I, we did an episode a while back, and it's like Battle of the 90s Superhero Team uh, cartoons. Mm-hmm. And among them is uh, Wildcats. It's like Wildcats versus X-Men versus Ultra Force. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I forgot. I think I asked you back then to pick a favorite Wildcat, and you said it was Maul. Is, is that correct? Mm, oh, did you ask me to? I don't know. If, I, I, I doubt I said Maul. Well, but, who's, uh... who's your favorite now after reading number one again at the grifter grifter ah, there we go that's yeah, yeah. All right. welcome to the grifter bandwagon okay so um <laughs> all right let's uh 
I think that's enough for oh yeah the name of the uh, of the issue or the story is actually called a uh, resurrection day and I have a pseudo uh, synopsis here even though we're about to go you know read through a digital copy together it's a uh, Jacob Marlowe is the CEO of Halo Incorporated a multi-billion dollar company not only that but he is the leader of a team of alien human hybrid agents known as the Wildcats the Wildcats are Marlowe, Void, Spartan Maul, and Warblade. And Void informs Marlowe that they must stop the Daemonite Cabal from initiating Project Reunification. To this end, they must find a gifted one with the power of sight before the Cabal does. And uh, we already spoke about Jim Lee, who is the co-creator, writer, and artist. Um, we talked about his... Uh, he actually co-created um let's see just some highlights we already talked about his work on x-men he co-created gambit with chris claremont and also basically got uh put the x-men through um a makeover like new uniforms for cyclops psylocke storm and so forth and he also right. co-created omega red with john byrne which they nice. never use omega red in anything anymore uh, i don't know if that's because you know, Jim Lee is now pretty much owned by DC Comics, but uh, yeah, you never see him in anything. Um, you know, and the other co-creator uh, and writer of this, Brandon Choi, I don't know if you looked up anything about him. I was about to get to him, sure, but go right oh, ahead. Well, fine. Well, we'll oh, okay. Well, uh, well, you know, obviously he created Gen 13, mm -hmm. uh, which I think that's kind of like where I really recognize the name from. But when I was reading about him, uh, I'm sure you probably saw this too, that like he, he and Jim Lee were like friends since sixth grade Childhood and like chums. they've been creating comics since sixth grade so who knows maybe they were even friends before that but that's like wild yeah me. uh no pun intended but that mm. you know like how cool is that that like that was their obviously like, what they wanted to do as kids and all through adulthood they remained friends and made these comics and they made it happen so right. uh, i think that's pretty cool but uh correct me if i'm wrong though from at least the trail of, uh, I don't know, history that I read about the two, <laughs> it kind of seems like, you know, Jim Lee sort of rose to prominence, created Image Comics, and then sort of brought Brandon Choi along for the ride. Because I could only find credits for him working on Image stuff and then nothing else. Like, he never worked at Marvel or DC or anything else. Only... So... He actually did 12 issues of Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, may, oh was but, that? That was during the, um, like, uh, Heroes Reborn when they brought all the image guys back to Marvel? Is that when that happened? Um, I don't think so. It was in 1996. Um, uh, I don't know if that's when that happened or not, but... Um... I mean, I could just, I just couldn't find what happened to Brandon Choi after, like, um... Jim Lee sold out to DC. Spoiler alert. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't find anything past um, the... Oh, wait. Brandon Choi and Jim Lee did do Heroes Reborn in 2000. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, they did, they did do... Though, they did do Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, I got the... I think I might have gotten the dates wrong. It was not 96. Yeah, it was all 2000s. Nah. Um, lo looks like. But, uh, yeah. So, but outside of that, you're right. I don't really see anything else that he's done he did study law so maybe he's just you know doing let's, that let's make a pact you hell um if either of us uh creates a, a successful company the other one has to drag the other one along deal sounds great sounds <laughs> all great. right all right but let's get into wildcats i think we've been uh yeah uh, taking a little while to get to it and uh first thing i notice uh with the art is there's actual backgrounds and <laughs> settings and places uh, a refreshing change from Youngblood. Uh, absolutely. Uh, okay, here we are in um, page one. And um, basically, we're, it says we're in the past, an Antarctic U.S. research station back in the good old 1980s. Uh, and basically, uh, Void sort of just appears out of nowhere. <laughs> she goes, give me the orb. You do not comprehend its power. Give it to me before it's too late and then she just disappears and i mean i remember reading this as like a 12 or 13 year old and really not understanding what is going on <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though i read it several times um but uh anyway moving on so now we're in the future uh which is on uh, 1992 and basically 
Um, we've got some government spooks um, talking about stuff. Um, and uh, then once again, uh, Void uh, materializes and she goes, no, not why we're so close. And then she disappears again. Um, well, let me check my, I can't remember if there was something important there. Nope, nope, there wasn't. Um, so moving on, all right, now we have a um, huge, um, like full page splash of uh, Jacob Marlowe sleeping in filth. <laughs> There's a fly <laughs> crawling on his face. And we are in the present, which the present is 1990. Um, I remember I was sleeping in filth back then. <laughs> yeah, we all were. It was yeah, the 90s, baby. Exactly. It was the hip thing to do. Um, so um, basically, there's some um, know, caption boxes about uh, Jacob Marlowe and his uh, hard life just sort of um, getting um, getting pushed around by normies, I guess. And then out of nowhere, a um, you know some thugs decide they want to uh, kick around a hobo for no real reason and uh, some powers come out of his fingers and that sort of pushes back one of the thugs and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening and then the other thug uh, cracks him with a metal bar so <laughs> I wonder if he was he just brought his metal bar from home or if he just found it in the alley <laughs> but uh, so they basically start beating down Jacob Marlowe a bit more and then um pretty good reveal here there's a the, a glowing um hand here from void like throws one of the the thugs um across the panel and i mean just just look just simple stuff like this he just makes it look so good <laughs> yeah so here i will say uh is one of the anatomy issues that mm -hmm. i was going to bring up and this is like <sighs> It's it's just what how women were drawn in the nineties. Like mm -hmm. when you see Void here, uh, when she says I am called Void or whatever, look at the way her back is like arched, like like her back is like going like back like at this weird angle, but mm. she's like still also standing up straight somehow, and then her head is like kind of like looking forward. Yeah, that's like it just makes no sense. Jim Lee woman body right there. <laughs> yeah. But that was everybody in the nineties with the woman's body, but like her spine, if you think about it, it's like zigzagged. The right, way, like it's like going boop, boop, boop. Yeah, like, it makes yeah. no sense. Um, she's a living computer, dude. That's just how uh, she was made. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's more of uh, a style of the times. The style I suspect of the that, times. Like, yeah, I suspect uh, that. Like, uh, I haven't seen any of Jim Lee's like recent stuff, but I bet he's not drawing women like this today. Yeah, it's. Um, I would say it's slightly more toned down. Um, but uh, not so much more. <laughs> At least the backs make sense, I would say. Yeah, that's what I mean. The anatomy. I'm sure they still have big boobs and butts or whatever. But You got to. Well, not according to Marvel and DC anymore, but uh, that's another podcast. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, she basically takes care of the thugs. And then she says she has to prepare Jacob for the coming war and for him to just trust her. And he'll have to suffer no more. And of course, he just does. He doesn't even have to think about it. Um, like, do you think, you know, he was just uh, had nothing to lose? So he was like, sure, I'll just trust the weird silver lady. Or do you think they were just moving it along? What do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think both, you know. All right. I'll live with that answer. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I have nothing further to elaborate on. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> So I did notice that uh, it was I, I, I know like it was released in August. Then the next page it says like today, August mm -hmm. 8th, 1992, which, by the way, how is today not the present? But whatever. <laughs> what? I digress. Uh, uh, but Wildcats was released in August of 1992. And I wonder if they if it was released on August 8th, like maybe that's when it was like actually like on sale. So if so, that's pretty cool that they did it that way. But right. So uh, after we turn the page, we are now in, we went from the present to today. Um, yeah, as Ziel said, August 8th, 1992. And um, this is actually a pretty decent transition. If this was like in a movie, it would be pretty cool because you see Jacob Marlowe again and automatically you're like, oh man, the dude's homeless again. What's going on? And then right. he uh, rumbles and grumbles his way through the streets of uh, New York and <laughs> For some reason, he gets hit by a taxi. Eh, no problem for old Jacob no Marlowe. 
he just uh you know saunter saunters his way into like a, a big fancy building the doorman knows him like everyone's saying hi to him and he's like yeah get bent i'm hung over over here like <laughs> this is the part that was like made for danny devito like back in the 90s right uh unfortunately we never got a uh wildcats feature uh, um but uh Anyway, so the final panel is like him getting a makeover by, I guess, a woman who you could assume is his like assistant. And then the next uh, page is him in a nice suit. And uh, they want uh, his like a crony tells him or no, he says, hey, I feel like a million bucks now. And his one of his like Waylon Smithers is like, actually, two and a half billion at the opening of the market today, sir. <laughs> and he's like, ha, remind me to give you two a raise. And the lady is like, you already did that last week, Mr. Marlowe. So we get it. Mr. Marlowe is like on an <laughs> Uncle Scrooge level of like, um, you know, rich here. Yeah, um, but he still sleeps like in the alley for some reason. Well, uh, we can assume that he partied too hard and passed out in the alleyway. And none of his cronies thought to go looking for him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I see. I always assume that like it's just like what he did like every night. Like that's how he likes to. uh sleep or something that's for some reason so used to it see yeah that would be interesting i don't feel like they gave it that same level of thought um but yeah, uh, i suspect that you're right that he just had like a late night yeah 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 um so let's see um he gets the makeover and uh here he sees void and she he says he's celebrating it's been two years since uh she found him in the alley she tells him he must lead the fight against the cabal and Jacob asks why he can't use his powers. And Void says she doesn't know, but the dream is becoming more real. That some dude attacks her with an orb and kills her. Basically, she t um, elaborates on the dream. And here we see some shots of the dream. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name who was in but I know he's yeah, like a, a regular Wildcats villain. And um, I don't know, what do you... Like, so we're going to go a few pages. Yeah, I'll just wait till we get to her. So she says that she's, like, shot by the bad guy, and she, like, shatters into a million pieces. Like, a lot of the, um, like, the dialogue in this is, like, very sort of, almost sort of Shakespearean and, like, written to where it's it's supposed to, like, sound, like, smart and, like, mystic or whatever, but it, it mm -hmm. really isn't. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, whatever, it's, um, you know, the art is amazing. So you just, you go with it. <laughs> and uh, so we move on to the next page and there is a, uh, it's pretty much a two page spread. Um, Marlowe says, um, at least they have time to prepare, uh, you know, in case I guess Void's premonition dreams become true. And he mm -hmm. looks down at Spartan and he's like, ah, Spartan, how's training the new recruits going? And Spartan's just like, Everything's great, Jacob. And then at that moment, Maul and Warblade crash through the wall, and it, Marlo is disappointed. And he's like, "Yeah, maybe I can afford a young blood or two. So I, I really appreciate that they're trying to like you know build a world amongst all the image titles at this point. Which yeah, I was really and earlier. There's like a reference to something from Cyberforce. Yes. As oh, well. I forgot to point that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All it is is like, uh, like it's like Velocity from Cyberforce runs by him as she's being chased by some dudes or something. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that stuff was cool back then. It's a shame when they, you know, kind of stopped doing that. Uh, so let's see. Now we are, yeah, here we are with the bad dudes. Um, there's like an airship called the Behemoth that uh, glides over the Chesapeake Bay. And inside is the Cabal, which is like Hellspont and Pike and uh, a, uh, a Coda woman. I can't remember her name, but they were in there talking to like some Daemonite sympathizers trying to get like information or one of them sold them out or something. And uh, Pike basically kills a man by shoving his face into uh, into spaghetti um, because he um, what is it that he does? He's a. Uh, gives information or you know something like that um yeah by the way uh did you catch that the implication here is that um what's this character's name this bad guy hellspawn yeah uh that he paid judas to betray jesus 
Oh, right. Yeah, I, um, I read about that. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, like, once upon a time, I paid a man 30 pieces of silver to betray his own mentor. Oh, like, yeah. Good catch. Man, you are just on fire with all the biblical references today. You're such a good wow, Christian. I, I, I just love Jesus. <laughs> you and Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I, was, I, I was like, and I didn't catch that as a kid, or if I did, I certainly right, don't remember. Either. It's, it's interesting because, like, that gives you immediately it's a good way to give like a lot of like background to this character mm. right but then again if you catch the reference yeah for sure but all right so here we have like a better picture of hellspot and it's just like i don't know if i read enough wildcats to fi to find out exactly what he is if he's just like living energy uh because like all right let's pretend that i'm someone listening to this podcast and i don't know what hellspawn looks like how would you describe him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just like, he's kind of Skeletor-esque in that he's got like a buff body, mm -hmm. but then his head is like kind of floating yeah, it's like, in like this void of energy. Right. Yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. I mean, he definitely looks cool. Like whatever. He, I can't, like I said, I don't know if they ever explained it or not. Um, so... Hellspawn basically says, oh, Pike, since you uh, killed the guy with the spaghetti, now we're not going to be able to find uh, the chosen one. Or what? how do they refer to Voodoo? They refer to her as the... Um, I have it written down here somewhere. But uh, the one who can see something like that. So then Hellspawn refers yeah. to his living computer, basically his void, this... Uh, um, girl computer name uh, Providence and she's like what he's like where do we begin and then we get some more Shakespeare talk and she's like the one you seek is near in a place filled with pain and lustful desires but beware Hellspont she has the sight if she is turned by the cherubim then reunification itself is imperiled and time grows short we must find her and if you want to know what a cherubim is it's like I guess uh, the whole backstory to Wildcats, which isn't really explained in the first issue, is that basically these like ancient aliens, not from the TV show, but uh, they <laughs> came down to Earth and started uh, crossbreeding and creating half-breeds with uh, humans. Uh, you know, some of them have powers and some of them don't, uh, so they could uh, fight the Daemonites who infested their world of Caribbean. So it's a little bit of Thundercats mixed with um, almost a little bit of Rom Space Knight. That's a that's a deep cut. Yeah, that's um, a, yeah, that's a very deep cut. <laughs> yeah, and Hellspawn is like one of the aliens. He's mm -hmm. um, uh, a Daemonite. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a race of aliens that serve the Caribbean or something like that. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, continue. So yeah. like, it's weird to me that they also imply that he uh, paid Judas to be Trey Jesus, because I don't know, it, it's just weird. Right, right. Well, you know, I think a lot of this is, hey, look at all the cool characters I drew. You have to come up with a story around them. Oh, and by the way, this guy uh, paid off Judas. <laughs> <So> <laughs> work it in, work it in, Brandon Choi. I don't care how you do it, but if you don't do it, I'm gonna bust your ass back down to Archie Comics. <laughs> um, but a question I wanted to ask you is, um, and I don't know, I don't know why this sort of literary device I don't really enjoy in um, storytelling. But like, so basically, Void and this Providence person are like, you know, seers, or they're kind of like the witcher witches from uh, Macbeth, where they're like casting all these like prophecies and stuff like that. What do you? Do you like that in this? No. Oh, me I either. Hate, oh, I hate that trope. Hate yeah. <laughs> I think it's lazy. Um, anytime there's like an oracle type character like that, like I just, uh, I think it's lame. It's overused. It's never interesting. It's almost as bad as a multiverse. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. I, another trope I, I'm not a big fan of, by the way, is strip clubs uh, <laughs> in media. Like, like, it's just like, you know, like where they find like the troubled stripper or whatever, mm -hmm. like that's an overused like trope too. Or I mean, even before that, it's like, oh, the cops are just there because they're hanging out after work and it's just an excuse to have nudity in a movie. <laughs> basically. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, we're about to get to said strip club and here it is. Um, this, uh, but before the strip club, basically um, Jacob Marlowe has to go and talk to some 
weird mechanical guy who they never say who he is. And he says he needs a, a favor, I guess, once again to, to find Voodoo. Um, because, you know, she's she's the one with the ability to see the, the Daemonites as they are. And also um, basically exercise them, I guess, to show them to the you know normies in the world or whatever. And so, yeah, Jacob goes and asks for a favor from this weird guy. And that's that. There's only like four or five panels of that. And then we're, thank God, we're finally with Grifter. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> like... I think the reason why Grifter is so important is because he's like the regular dude that we can all relate to. And the best part is that you can see his thoughts. So it's all, uh, or read his caption, read his thoughts in the caption boxes. And it's all very sort of detective-y kind of noirish. And, um, right. It def it helps the story so much. They should have told the whole story through Grifter's uh, POV. Yeah. He, he's got like a lot of personality. Yes, um, uh, absolutely. And, um, and uh, doesn't he like end up getting? I mean, I, I know like I guess Wildstorm itself, which is the studio, Jim Lee's like image studio. Mm -hmm. I guess they all got like absorbed into DC, but doesn't Grifter become kind of like prominent in the DC universe? Well, they tried. Um, I mean, they brought him in when they were doing the new 52. Uh, they basically brought him in. He was the only, basically, he was the one fighting the Daemonites in the DCU uh, um, comics continuity. They sort of did away, at least at that point, with the Wildcats. I think a few characters showed up here and there. Um, and like the first, I don't know, eight to like 12 issues is okay. And then our good friend Rob Liefeld took over. And um, yeah, he, uh, so he didn't draw it, but he was like in charge of like plotting it and editing it. And um, it uh, got pretty, they gave him powers, telepathic powers, and it's just... It was awful. It was, uh, and then mm -hmm. that was basically the end of Grifter's solo series. I hear he shows up uh, every now and then, uh, like in uh, alternate, um, again, in multiverse stories and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, he's not used too much from what I understand. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so uh, Grifter enters the strip club. He says he hasn't been um, to like this area since the Cold War. Which is cool because I don't know it gives uh, Grifter kind of like this Highlander vibe to where he's obviously been a, been alive for quite a while, and he goes in and um, he like talks to the bartender. He's like, "Hey, Wild Bill, you still own this dump?" And he's like, "Cole, that's Grifter's real name, Cole Cash." In case you didn't know, it's like the one and only. He's like, "Good Lord, man, you still look like a punk kid." And he's like, "Clean living, bud." It's like, in your business, don't kid a kidder. And then he's like, um, so tell me, why is this place so hot these days? And he's like, over there on stage. And then there's this massive picture of uh, Voodoo popping out on stage. And um, I don't know, I don't really get the sense that she's dancing. But yeah, she def definitely is. And um, the uh, he says in his caption box, his grifter, that he's uh, so entranced with her dance dancing that she doesn't he doesn't see the the coda woman from the cabal uh show up um with her um two daemonite goons so they go to make their move on uh voodoo and like one of them tries to like uh, grab at her and uh voodoo can see that it's a, a daemonite so and then another one of the other daemonite guys just shoots a guy in the face just because he can i suppose and then right. he uh, grabs Voodoo off the stage. The Coda woman just kills a woman or a dude for uh, again just because she can. Then finally, uh, Grifter uh, jumps into action, and it's funny. What a hero! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like just like Spawn. Um, but uh, it's funny. There's a random woman who's like, "Hey, you're Shaft, aren't you? Do something!" And again, uh, that's a reference to Youngblood, as uh, hopefully you'll see from our previous Youngblood review. And so basically a big firefight uh, breaks out. Um, for the Daemonite guys shift into like robot suits for some reason. Uh, flash suits. Sorry. Right, right, right. Flash suits. I just wanted to use the, the normie terminology, you know, for everyone. Mm. And, um, you know, we got a cool um, uh, shootout here. Grifter shoots them in the head, but they're still okay, I guess because of the suits. And then we uh, cut back to um, 
the rest of the Wildcat team who see on the news already, they're reporting the shootout at the strip club. Wow. <laughs> the news in the Wildstorm universe is just just amazing. They are on it. Lightning on fast. It. Yeah, not like today. And um, I guess basically Marlo was like, ooh, I don't know if the team is ready to like, uh, you know, put into action yet. And it sort of ends with he's like, I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm thinking here. And so we jump back to the strip club. Um, Grifter starts fighting the uh, Coda lady. She stabs him in the head, even though it's not exactly like on panel. But he like drops his gun, indicating that he may be dead. And it's like, oh no, is Grifter dead? Nope, he ends up shooting her right in the stomach. Um, so it's okay. Grifter was okay. I was really scared there for a minute. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, no, he, she's uh, she doesn't actually stab him though. He, she's well, about to stab. Well, see him. The, yeah. Is but like, why does he drop his gun then? He doesn't drop his gun. He's like, oh, that gun's it comes out of out the of sleeve. His... I see. I see. Wow. All these yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these years, I thought. He, like, gets stabbed in the head. And then, yeah, and then I was reading it. I was like, boy, they didn't put any blood there or anything. Oh, no, is... no, no. It's like he she he gets kicked, and then he's, like, falling back, but he's mm -hmm. got, like, that hidden gun. Right, right. I got you now. Um, so, yeah, he blows her away with his Derringer from uh, up the sleeve. Um, and uh, so, basically, he, he goes all uh, Kyle Reese on voodoo and is like, but they... <laughs> They mess up the line a little bit on purpose, I guess. They go, if you want to live, follow me and do exactly what I tell you. And she's like, what are you? What's this all about? And then uh, so he basically explains all the exposition to her as they are trying to flee from the dudes in the flash suits. Uh, but basically, Coda Lady and the flash suit guys regroup. And they're like closing in on Grifter, and then we turn the, and Voodoo, and we turn the page. Oh, the other Wildcats finally show up, and uh, <laughs> I love how why does why does Marlo even have to be there? He's like riding on either. the back of Maul. It's hilarious looking. Um, yeah. And uh, so we jump down, and there's a pretty funny line. There's definitely some cheesy dialogue in here. War Warblade is like the Amazon babe is all mine, referring to the bad uh, Coda woman, and um, and Grifter's like, watch it, ponytail. The woman dies hard, and then Warblade goes, the name's Warblade, and it's easy if you cut to the heart of the matter, and he's cutting her as he says it. Whoa, brilliant yeah. pun. So Warblade, remind me, can Warblade make either of his hands turn into, like, claws? As far as I know, yes. Oh, okay. Because I noticed that, like, he's, like, his left hand is clawed when he's first appearing, and then in the next panel, it's his right hand that's clawed. Yeah. So they were. Okay. I remember uh, when I first read this, I've, I started asking myself those questions, too, because, like, his, like, finger count would also change. It's like here you see right. three fingers or three claws, and then I remember on the cover of like Wildcats five, there's five claws. Um, yeah. And another thing is, uh, what's the deal with like Warblade suit? Like, why does he need all those like weird silver pipes like running to his claws? It's like it's his I, natural ability to have those claws, right? I don't get it. Maybe I mean, you know, I guess we should have done some research into his powers. Maybe like it helps him with something else, stamina. Maybe it's because uh, it maybe he cool. just really likes tubes. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying uh, Jim Lee is to tubes as Rob Liefeld is to pouches? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, my God. The leader, the android Spartan. guy. What's his name? Spartan. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a bunch of pouches on his belt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. I always liked uh, Spartan's uniform, but he's a robot, yeah. so who cares? Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, basically everyone here gets to show their... Uh, power more or less um uh, spartan does his bio blast thing and sort of fries one of the flash suit guys and marlo is just <laughs> standing there and no one's paying any attention as the other flash suit guy approaches him and uh, takes him hostage and uh so now we've got like this is all nothing but action movie cliches since we got into the mm -hmm. strip club um and of course, when I was, uh, you know, reading this at the age of like 12 or 13, I thought it was hot shit. 
And uh, so Void is like, no, talking to Grifter. No, it's too dangerous. And Grifter is all, lady, I can make the shot. And uh, Flash Suit guy <laughs> is like, just like you did in the club. Don't flatter yourself, Grifter. And then out of nowhere, this like boomerang thing comes and he clocks him right in the head. And um, Marla was all, what? And then who is it? We get a double page spread of uh, Zealot who, um, I don't know, you can compare her to Wonder Woman if you don't know who Zealot is, but like she doesn't fly. She's more like a ninja. I would say she's a mix of like a Psylocke and like a Wonder Woman, but she doesn't have like the telepathic powers. Right. Um, Uh, To me, she's more like Xena, the warrior. Yeah, that's good too. (laughs) Which, uh, I wonder which came first. We'll have to cross-reference that. Um, But uh, but yeah, her and Grifter um, basically have like a big pass together. She's from this like uh, ancient sorority of like uh, women, like ninjas, basically. Um, and she, uh, I don't know, broke the code of the coda by teaching a man, Grifter, like the ways, uh, like how to fight like a coda or whatever, uh, in case you're going to continue reading after issue one. And I like uh, Grifter's uh, captions here uh, describing Zealot. And uh, he's like, uh, Sex and violence all rolled together with a bad attitude. That's 90s too, hell. <laughs> yeah. Once someone once wrote that about Sonic the Hedgehog, I bet. <laughs> all right, uh, so uh, moving on. Like basically, Marlo sort of uh, sexually harasses Zealot. <laughs> Not really. She's just like <laughs> she. She. Well, he is a billionaire, you know, CEO. Right. So, and you know, that's what and they do. if you don't know who he is, he's a little person. So you know, it, actually nowadays, I guess he would be played by uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, since you know he's the yeah. he's the go to guy. Even though Warwick Davis is like making his way back with the uh, the Willow uh, show, but anyway, yeah, uh, Zealot is like it is. Fortunate we meet again, Lord Imp. Your timely intervention saved the girl and Brother Grifter. And he's all like, (laughs) I'm sure I could think of a way for you to repay me. But after your little trick, I'd (laughs) say we're even. And uh, and so, yeah, basically Marlo was like, hey, good job, everybody. Let's go back to the Halo building and party. And then before he can even get that out, the Coda woman, who's still alive... Again, another action movie cliche. We get a click of a detonator, and then Void says, No, not when we're so close. And then kaboom, a giant explosion. And then you see yeah. uh, Hellspont talking to Dan Quayle about, uh, about some deal that they made um, about something. And then that is the end of the first issue of, um, of Wildcats. And uh, anything else to add about that first issue, Yehel? Yeah, actually, I don't think we really touched on Wildcats or uh, definitely not the X-Men, but they kind of are. Because uh, there's a room that they refer to that they're training in called the CTR. Right, right. Um, What was it? Like the critical something training room? I I can't remember. But anyway, it's basically the danger room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely the danger room. We also see that they have like uh, their own like plane thing, the just Merv, like the Blackbird. The yeah, the Merv is like definitely the Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I with Spartan, something about him reminds me of Cyclops. Oh, for sure. Something about like his I get look. that same vibe. Um, yeah. So there's that. You know, you've got uh, Warblade, which is kind of Wolverine esque. You know, with his with his claws mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel like this is. Jim Lee kind of doing his own version of X-Men. Um, some stuff just seems straight up lifted from X-Men. But by the same token, eh, you know, he created a lot of the, a lot of this stuff, too. Sure. So. I mean, Grifter is very Gambit-esque. I mean, that's why I like yeah. both of those characters so much. Um, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Voodoo. Down even to what he's wearing, like his yeah, trench coat exactly. and stuff. Exactly. And, and Voodoo is a hot Jubilee. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah and like the uh also the premise of wildcats you know since they're uh you know aliens crossbred with humans basically you know anyone could just manifest any power they wanted to have kind of like with mutants you know 
Uh, like, right. like, yeah, we need a guy who can uh, shoot cucumbers out of his nose. And uh, bam, oh, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> he was hiding out in the, in the vegetables yeah. at the local uh, Ralph's grocery store. Um, yeah. But... But yeah, outside of that, I mean, that, that was the only other thing I kind of wanted to touch on. But uh, were there any other anatomy? Yeah, I think otherwise, you're any other people? anatomy issues we need to touch on? Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. When uh, Zealot first shows up, like again, like who who can stand in like the way she's standing? Like Steve, just <laughs> how how would that even like happen? Like mm, uh, just just imagine putting your legs like in that like position, and then your back is. Like also like super back but forward as well. Am I doing it? it? It's the hips, legs, and am spine. I doing it? I mean the the, the arm is fine, Steve. It's it's the <laughs> well, see it's the you back. Can't see it's from the neck down. The rest of my body, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, okay, good job. Well, maybe 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 you should join uh, the fight against the cabal. I guess maybe. Oh, do you think Jim Leo allow it? Uh, I can only hope. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, but again, like that's the kind of like awkward poses that like women were being drawn in. But uh, th those were the only two anatomy issues. And I think it's just more style at the mm. time than anything. For sure. Jim Lee's obviously a, a great artist. Oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, he, he was definitely, as a kid, my favorite Did artist. Did you ever check out any of his uh, DC stuff, like when he sold out to DC? I like how you're saying sold out. Uh, I uh, read a little bit of his Batman mm -hmm. run. Hush, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you? But that was pretty. What much do you it. think about his like Batman and his Superman? And uh, wait, tell me you read. Did you read uh, like Batman and Robin All Stars? No, that? no. I just read like a few issues of the mm -hmm. Batman uh, thing he did, and it, it was fine. I mean, it, it was the art was gorgeous. Right. You know, it was cool to see Jim Lee doing Batman. Yes, it was. Uh, um, that was the only time, like aside from like uh nightfall when i actually bought batman was when jim lee was doing it yeah. <laughs> same with superman yeah. too but uh but yeah the story is i mean hush was okay but that superman one was eh, well, whatever but okay shall we render a verdict for a wildcat let's do it wildcats wildcats all right, Miguel uh, Velasquez, uh, does uh, Wildcats deserve to be remembered for uh, all of the comics history, or does it deserve to be tossed into the 50-cent bin, uh, never to be heard from again? I'm going to say remember it. I mean, we remembered Youngblood. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is significantly better. <laughs> so that was, I think by default, this has to be remembered. You know, I've been thinking a lot about... <laughs> is approving young blood and i was like you know maybe we should have stalemated it because it set the bar so low <laughs> and i mean even well, even rob liefeld admits that he kind of botched like the first four issues of young blood because i would say his best work is actually like x-force um so yeah. but whatever we can't go back in time um so yeah wildcats uh 100 i say i remember it i mean anything that Jim Lee draws. I mean, I've never heard of anything that anyone picked up of his and was like, this is trash. Like, you know, throw, right, rip right. it up and throw it away. I mean, even if, uh, hmm, who's like a terrible writer? I mean, aside from Brandon Choi, <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, Mr. Choi. I'm sure you have a lot of money from all your co-creations. Um, all right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, but, uh, what's up? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, um, oh, shoot, now I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so never mind. Oh, 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 Did, how awkward, though, is it on this cover that Warblade is just, like, has one giant blade finger? Oh, yeah. It's uh, a number one issue, baby. Like, is that what it's, you think that's why they did <laughs> why it? Why else? All right, I, I guess, I guess that makes I mean, it's still uh, still ridiculous, but um, yeah, well, yeah, it's it's I'll very bring ridiculous. Bring it up real quick. Let's see if I got uh, just uh, yeah, it is <laughs> really it's right. It's like the, and I love I love how Maul's face is right there in the eye, like it used to be in Marvel comics. You know, when they used to do the faces right. there. That's uh, fun stuff, Mister Lee. Uh, we see yeah. you. We see you. Oh, I. 
I remember now what I was going to say is uh, in the documentary uh, Image Revolution, which, again, I highly recommend it. It's about the founding of Image Comics. They interviewed Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, you know, all the all the founding members. But they all kind of talk about how Jim Lee is like the best artist out of all. I remember they that. all kind of agree and talk about that. I remember um, that. So, yeah, it's not just uh, us fanboys that think uh, his art is superb. I mean, you know, you if Todd McFarlane is saying someone's a better artist than him, you know, I'm sure it's not easy for him to say that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture him. I, I would love to hear him do like a uh, monologue about that. It's like, you might think that Tom McFarlane is the best artist in the whole world, but you'd be wrong. It's actually Jim Lee. And then he, he starts turning into Spawn. His like chains go everywhere. He like rips up his like uh, castle dungeon set. And uh, yeah. Anyway, here's the remembered bumper. In accordance to obscure to now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. Two remembrance in a row. Well, I think we can... Uh, Actually, three, three? right? Because uh, Spawn, oh, yeah, Spawn uh, Youngblood... Man, we're such image fanboys, but that's okay. It was yeah. our youth. One of these days, we'll... Well, you know what's funny is Youngblood was remembered almost for how... We just remember almost for how bad yes, it was. it's true. Uh, and we had such a great time uh, talking about... I mean, I'd say, if anything, it was just remembered because... Uh, Rob Liefeld was such a prominent force in the 90s. He was the 90s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Th and that book is like peak 90s. Uh, 100%. Well, I believe that is our show for the day. Uh, don't forget to uh, look us up on uh, TikTok, at uh, Reptilian Media, um, done by Stephen Finite. <laughs> you did it better last time. Um, uh, yeah, on TikTok, we're at Reptilian Media. The name on the account, though, will say Stephen Finite, but you'll see the Reptilian Media logo uh, from our YouTube channel is the uh, same picture used for that profile on TikTok. Um, I imagine we'll probably have a few more image episodes, but I guess we'll just have to talk about that um, off camera. But anyway, uh, do you agree? I always forget to ask this question. Like, do you agree with us? Should Wildcats be remembered? Let us know in the comments in our YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, L look at this call to action. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's what they call it in the biz. That's right, in the YouTube biz, a call to yeah. action. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will see you uh, next time as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. See you next time. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity Now. Now.